0: Ladies and gentlemen of the press, my message is to the non-aligned movement and the G77 plus China focused on renewed international efforts for peace, financing for sustainable development and climate action, and the need for urgent reforms to our multilateral institutions. From the United Nations Security Council to the Bretton Woods system, global institutions reflect the world that built them 80 years ago When many African countries were still colonized, they are no longer fit for purpose. Security Council is stuck in a time warp. How can we accept that it still lacks a single African permanent member? The global financial system is outdated, dysfunctional, and unfair. This September, the United Nations will convene the Summit of the Future with a focus on updating these institutions, so that they align with today's world and respond to today's challenges, notably to the vital interests of developing countries. Governments will also consider our proposed new agenda for peace, which sets out initiatives around disarmament, conflict prevention, tackling terrorism and transnational crime, and managing the security threats, including those posed by artificial intelligence. The new Agenda for Peace calls for a new generation of peace operations, including peace enforcement and counter-terrorism operations, led by regional partners, notably the African Union, but with a Security Council mandate and supported by guaranteed funding, including through UN-assessed contributions. I've been urging this for many years, and I welcome the Security Council's recent resolution in support. As a matter of fact, it does make sense to have peacekeeping operations where there is no peace to keep. We need peace enforcing operations, African peace enforcing operations, but properly supported by the international community. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, peace and sustainable development go hand in hand. Developing countries have a large and growing share of the global economy, but their representation in global financial institutions lags far behind. September Summit of the Future will consider ways to reform the global financial architecture and make it truly universal and responsive to today's global challenges. In In the immediate term, we need urgent action on debt, including a reprieve for countries facing insurmountable debt repayment obligations over the next three years. And we also need faster progress on an SDG stimulus of 500 billion US dollars a year inaccessible long-term finance for sustainable development. multilateral development banks must be adequately capitalized and must change their business models to leverage far more private finance for developing countries at reasonable cost to invest in the SDGs and developed countries must meet their pledges on climate finance clarifying the delivery of the 100 billion US dollars and doubling adaptation finance are an essential starting point for much greater ambition. The unity and tenacity of the Global South helped to create the loss and damage fund, but it now needs significant contributions to fulfill its purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, the United Nations is working around the world to support the efforts of developing countries to mobilize domestic resources and maximize investments in the SDGs strong cohesive societies can only be built on a foundation on a foundation of advancing sustainable development respecting human rights and recognizing the rights of minorities and standing up to all forms of discrimination it is critical to uphold the basic human rights of every person regardless of background, race, religion, sexual orientation or political opinion. Here in Kampala governments from the global south have stressed the importance of multilateral solutions based on global justice and international law. Their strong voices will resonate across the year of global reforms. This is the only path to a safer, fairer, more peaceful world for all. And I thank you. Good morning, Mr. Secretary General. My name is Timothy from UBC. Uh, The question is the big divide between the global north and the global south. How do you plan to bridge that gap especially leveraging on a youthful population in Africa? Thank you very much. Well, one thing is clear. The institutions that today are relevant for uh, development, for climate action, the international financial institutions were created after the Second World War. When they were created, very few African countries existed as independent countries. And so they reflect the world of the post-Second World War instead of reflecting the world of today. That means that uh, uh, the Global South is in a position of clear inferiority because it lacks an effective representation in those institutions. The Security Council, the Bretton Woods institutions. And because of that, obviously those institutions have been more attentive to the needs of the global north than to the needs of the global south. And there is an increase of inequality that needs to be quickly corrected. That is why we have been asking for the reform of the institutions, to make them exactly adapted to the reality of today's economy, for an adequate representation, namely Africa, and at the same time for a set of measures in relation to debt relief, in relation to the SDG, sorry, the uh, SDRs, the Special Drawing Rights uh, Redistribution in relation to the change of the business model and the capitalization of multilateral development banks in order to mobilize much more resources for the African countries to be able to address the enormous challenges that they face. We live today a world that is unfair with outdated and dysfunctional institutions We must reform those institutions and create conditions to effectively fight inequality and to provide the African continent with the resources that are needed to address the aspirations of a youth that is its most important potential. Thank you. Second question, AFC, in the back. Secretary General Tina Smollett from ABTV. We have a question uh, Where does the UN stand on Ethiopia, Somalia, and Maritime deal? And uh, would you say, like the President of Somalia, that this is kind of an annexation? Thank you. Well, we are always guided by our principles. And our principles are related to the unity, the sovereignty, and the territorial independence of countries, including Somalia. And we hope that uh, through dialogue it will be possible to overcome the present situation. Secretary-General, Dorsa Jabari with Al Jazeera English. The non-aligned Movement and particularly African countries uh, seem to be emerging as the conscience of the world on Gaza. What we've seen here over the past few days especially. The Western countries have been talking repeatedly about rules-based international order. Where are the rules now? I want to get your thoughts on what's been coming out of these summits here and the difference that you've seen between the reaction Uh, of, Of African countries on the ongoing war in Gaza compared to the Western countries? The rules are clear. The rules are international law. The rules are the charter of the United Nations. The rules are international humanitarian law. And we cannot have double standards. And for us it's clear that we are seeing in Gaza a violation of those rules, namely of international humanitarian law, and that situation needs to be corrected. So for us, there are no double standards. For us, the rules are the same and they apply to everybody and they are based on what the international community has built, namely through the UN Charter and international law. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Reuters, you Your Excellency, my name is Justin Roelaze. I work for Reuters News Agency. Um, my question is about uh, the plight of situation refugees and asylum seekers find themselves in, for instance, UK pushed to to deport refugees or asylum seekers to Rwanda, and uh, possibility that Ukrainian refugees in Europe could be uh, drafted into the Ukrainian army. What's your comment? Well, all refugees must be treated equally, and all countries must assume their responsibilities in relation to refugee law. And so we have expressed our opposition to the agreement that you have mentioned. At the same line, I would like to say that uh, uh, Uganda has given a remarkable example of uh, uh, refugee protection. Uh, you have much more than one million refugees in Uganda, uh, refugees from several neighboring countries, and there has been, since I am high commissioner, a concern in order to guarantee to those refugees the same conditions of life of the population of Uganda. And this is something that I believe should be used as an example and namely that uh, European countries should be looking into those example. And uh, Ukrainian refugees of course have the right to be protected but all refugees are equal and all refugees have the same rights. I must say I am hopeful in that regard. First, it is a clear injustice, a flagrant injustice, that there is not one single African member, permanent member of the Security Council. And the reason is obvious. Uh, uh, most of the countries of Africa were not independent when uh, the UN institutions were created. But uh, uh, in recent declarations, public declarations, I've seen the permanent members being favorable to. Uh, at least one African permanent member. The United States said so, the Russian Federation said so, China has been positive in this regard, the UK and France too. So for the first time I'm hopeful that uh, uh, at least a partial reform of the UN Security Council uh, could be possible for this flagrant injustice to be corrected and for Africa to have at least one permanent member in the Security Council. It is not guaranteed, uh, nothing that, of course, depends on the Secretary-General. It depends exclusively on member states on the General Assembly. But for the first time, I think there are reasons to be hopeful. Thank you, Mr. Secretary-General. My name is Patrick Conan. Mr. Secretary-General, you come to Uganda at the backdrop of international condemnation on uh, the Anti-Homosexuality Act that uh, the country just passed. Uh, The U.S. uh, has passed out some sanctions on Ugandans. What is your stand as uh, the United Nations? And uh, is this something that you have uh, perhaps talked with the Ugandan leadership? I said yesterday in uh, the summit that uh, uh, there should be not any form of discrimination and and, uh, the rights of all minorities should be uh, respected. I just read uh, 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 in uh, uh, my statement to the press Uh, let me see if I can find it again Uh, a sentence in which it is critical to uphold the basic human rights of every person regardless of background race, religion sexual orientation or political opinion so my position is in relation to this very clear and it's based on the principle of non-discrimination that must be respected by every country. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.